Thank you for tuning in to the podcast ministry of Broad Street United Methodist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. We offer our sermons here as a resource, a conversation starter, and a guide towards the life that Jesus calls us to. Join us weekly for a sermon from the clergy and visit us online at broadstreetumc.org for more information. Let's tune in to today's sermon. Scripture reading this morning comes from first chapter uh, from Colossians chapter one verses one through fourteen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we have always thanked God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up in heaven for you, you have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you, just that it is is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. So it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it, it has truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word for all the world. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thank you, Alan. Well, I hope you all had a good week on this July the 4th week, a shorter week because of the holiday. Um, I had an adventure and it almost became your adventure. Um, Because the 4th was on Monday, uh, what Sharon and I did is we drove two cars to worship service uh, last Sunday so that we could uh, leave immediately afterwards and go up to our our little shack uh, up in the forest, uh, up near Asheville, uh, to be able to enjoy the, the fourth hour. Our youngest daughter was to come 
and to, to be with us so that we'd have some family time together. And then the plan was that uh, Sharon would stay behind for the week. I would drive back to Statesville. And uh, while I was here, uh, Sharon, the plan was for her to invite her three her sisters to come up and to uh, be with her so that the sisters could have time together um, up in the mountains. And so as I was here um, alone uh, by myself, have I emphasized that enough yet? Um, <laughs> on Tuesday, um, because uh, things were a little different, uh, I decided to go to the gym to work out at the end of the day. I normally go early in the morning, but that day I went late. I got to the gym, I worked out, and because uh, I was just headed home, it didn't make any sense to do the showering, to put the work clothes back on, so I just went out the door with, with, um, with my stuff. Uh, in my gym shorts, a little pocket on each side, I put my phone, I put the keys, I put my wallet, I stuffed the things in the bag and headed out uh, to the car drove home uh, or almost to home and because I was uh, lazy and I didn't want to cook for myself I decided to go through one of the takeout uh, places to place my order and as I got up to the speaker I uh, reached back as I always do to, to, to grab for my wallet and of course there's no pocket back there and then I started grabbing in the side pockets and there's no wallet there either and then I started looking around and through my bag and under the seat, no wallet. And so I pulled the car over to the side. I just started uh, in the parking lot, started pulling things out, trying to go through all my clothes. I've got my phone, I've got my keys obviously, but I have no wallet. And then it occurs to me, it's fallen out of my gym shorts as I walked out of the locker room or into the parking lot. So I drove back across town and went back through the locker room, nothing there, all the way across. Uh, the manager actually helped me get down uh, on the hot pavement, look under all the cars to see if anyone else had driven in and, and driven over it. And then it became pretty clear there was no wallet. There was no cash. There was no credit cards. There was no debit card. There was no license where I could show somebody who I really was. Um, I was in a fix. So I called Sharon and I began to share the good news with her. Um, I, I'd love to be able to call the number on the back of the credit cards to report that they may have been be missing or being misused, but I don't have the credit card to look at the number. I need you to send me those numbers. And then um, as uh, I began to think about it on the way home, it, it made absolutely no sense for Sharon to have to leave her sisters to drive two hours back in order to give me some cash so that I would have enough money to put some gas in the car and to drive back to Asheville on Friday when it was my turn to, to go back up and join the gang. And so this is where you come in. I, I began in my mind standing right where I am and looking around and thinking, who can I borrow $80 from? <laughs> Be able to fill up my car. And I began to um, think about it with a smile on my face because I, I knew that everyone here would, would at least try to do that. I knew some would have a really hard time doing that, being put out for a couple of days until I could get some money from Sharon and be able to pay you back today. But um, 
Uh, at that time, I had just pulled into um, our, our driveway where we live. The sun had just peeked out from underneath a cloud and it was just a bright illuminating light. And there in the driveway, I began pulling out everything out of the car. Every article of clothing was laying out all over the driveway as I was up underneath and, and looking and there was the wallet. Thanks be to God. But as I, I looked at my catastrophe around me, displayed for all of the neighborhood, uh, where we live, houses are jammed together. I, I could take a rubber ball and I could throw it and I could hit about 20 different houses with it. We were that close. And I began to think, if not for all of you, and all I was left with is to go knocking on doors, I don't think anybody would be loaning me money. And then I got to think, on the other hand, if they were coming and knocking on my door, I would probably be saying in a very diplomatic way, but thinking, I don't know you. And it gave me pause to begin to think about this situation that we are in, in our world and how we need to, to know our neighbors. For, for Paul and for Timothy, they are writing this letter to the, the people of Colossae. Um, they are astounded by what is happening there. The church had not existed before, obviously, and suddenly in the midst of the Roman Empire comes a group of people and a message which is just going through the city. The people in the church are loving each other, but the church is whoever they talk to next because they are building it. It is uh, something that is overflowing. You are just an incredible group of people. Paul and Timothy are saying, thanks be to God that we have this trust and relationship for one another that we can care for and give to one another in all things of life. And so there are some particular things that Timothy and Paul say that they are praying for. First, we pray that you have the knowledge of God's will. Remember, they can't open up scripture and see what they're supposed to do as a part of the people of God guided by the risen Christ. It hasn't been written yet. They're writing it with their actions and decisions. Paul and Timothy are recording what they're doing. In addition to knowledge, there's the prayer that you continue to grow and enlarge in your insight. Insight's different than knowledge. Insight means that you not only know the things you're supposed to do, but you are taking the initiative to do it, not waiting, going ahead and reaching out, and to continue to thank them for the reality that what they have is uncontainable. It is overflowing. It is just bubbling over from person to person so that they are transforming the city. And the transformation that's happening is the word is spreading through all the prophet, uh, through all of, of the, um, the, the area. And so um, as we think about the sharing of good news, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us to imagine what it was like before the good news was shared. There's just a, a way of the Roman world that you keep order. And, and suddenly there is a new order that comes about which supersedes it. It's, it is one in which 
Everyone is connecting. Everyone is including. Everyone is important. Everyone is of significance. And whatever is going on in anyone's life, there is something that people have to share of the good news of Jesus Christ and how that is addressing their problems and situations. We, we tend to think, you know, when the church first arrived, that it, that it was just people like sidewalk prophets walking into a... Um, a vacuum and suddenly starting to declare you better listen to these things you need to know these things that's the way of the world but instead what they were sharing was a response to what they were discovering as they were meeting and talking to people as they began to hear and really listen to the needs that each person had across the community and in response to those needs to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It is their hearing, their listening, that is the fundamental, elemental component of faith. Not the sharing of good news, but the listening first. You may remember the opening pages of the Bible, of, of creation, is God standing with, with Adam and sharing with Adam, I need you to take dominion over the world. And, and we think of it again as from a fallen perspective, the way of domination. And that's not what the word means. It means to be strong in paying attention and listening Adam, I need you to hear the cries of creation. I need you to listen for places where things may be coming apart or may be broken and needing to be fixed so that you can go strongly there to help and to heal and to restore. From, from that time of, of Eden all the way to the time of Moses, the people of God had, had really not yet come into existence. And it's there as Moses calls the people out of Egypt and across many years in the desert. What God is trying to get Moses to do and trying to get the people to do is what he began to share with Moses. Remember the words, I have, I have heard the cries of the needy. And therefore, Moses, I'm, I'm sending you. It is Moses who is called to, to learn how to listen the way God listens. And it is the whole group of the people of God who are called to, to listen as God listens to the pain and the hurt that's in the word, in the world. It's the basic form of faith to learn how to deeply listen. John Wesley, uh, in his early days of faith, um, he was astounded. He came across a group of people who uh, just amazed him because of their faith. It was the Moravians, and we have here in North Carolina many Moravian settlements of significance and importance that were part of our founding in this area. But he wrote of them these words, the reason why he had to break from them. He said, the Moravians um, I break from because they decry self-denial. They are not zealous in good works, but for only of their own. In other words, 
They're really, really good at seeing the needs of each other in the community of faith and loving each other and caring for each other and sharing with each other. But if you're not a part of the community of faith, I don't know you. Since uh, Easter and across the time of Pentecost, uh, I was telling you there was a passage of scripture that was poking me, poking me. It was one that we have to provoke one another into good works. Uh, We talked about having ire, I-R-E, standing for intentional relational engagement. And from that time, we began to look and see where everyone lives, and we began to map it out and, and realize that we have really 12 different tribes, if you will, or 12 different neighborhoods, 12 clusters where the people of this church are located. And and we begin to talk about, wouldn't it be incredible if the love and the caring and the sharing and the welcome, all those things that we extend to one another here, that could extend out into the fringes of the community. That we begin to not only take care of each other in those different clusters, but understand there are other people who are between us, other neighbors who don't have the benefit when they get in trouble to have some people that know them and love them and are willing to extend care to them and with them. You know, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to pray with or to be prayed for by someone who you don't know who's not in your group. I know the church over the years has had opportunities to take mission trips to different places. Our youth got a chance to do it uh, the week before last. And there's something powerful about having someone pray for you that is outside your area of relationship. You may remember years back, there was a, a program called the Lay Witness Fellowship. They would these are people from outside the area. They would, they would come in. They would move into our houses for a couple of days. They would pray for us in our homes. And then we'd have this Sunday together where they pray for the church and pray for each of us and then leave and leave us in this wonder and splendor of having been bathed in prayer by somebody else. There's, there's something powerful in that. It's, it's a realization all of a sudden that instead of just praying for our own, it's an understanding that they are a part of a lineage of faith. That there was someone who told someone who told someone who told someone, and it goes all the way back like our lineage of faith does to Jesus. Suddenly, the, the world expands. We get out of our own small world, and we begin to see the realities of God in a grand family that, that not only spreads around the world, it spreads across time. And the connection of something incredible. The breathing in of prayer is breathing in eternity and to to begin to set it loose in the concerns that we have in the world right now. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, there was a report from the National Institute of Mental Health. Uh, For decades now, they have done a survey with high school seniors that are graduating and they ask them a few questions. And one of the questions that they ask the high school graduates are, do you feel persistently 
hopeless and depressed? Do you feel persistently hopeless and depressed? 20 years ago, it was 26%. Just four years ago, right before COVID, it was 36%. And this year, it was 45%. There's something profoundly broken in our world and in our society of people who are alone, quietly hurting, crying, needing help, needing someone to hear their story and to be able to help them out in such a time. You know, as we begin to to look at these neighborhood groups, and there's a copy, by the way, at the back. If you have lost your copy and would like to get a copy of of those who may be uh, around you to see what group you're in. As as I've mentioned it, you know, I've seen a I've seen a couple of folks who've rolled their eyes and shaken their head. Oh no, does this mean we're going out two by two and knocking on doors like the Jehovah's Witnesses and um, and it's okay because I understand it because when God was beginning to impress it upon me, I was shaking my head and rolling my eyes, but God has a way of continuing to get us to pay attention to the things that we need to see. I, I'm not sharing the opportunity for us to begin conversations where you are, where you live in your neighborhoods as, as something to, uh, as another program or as, as something to fill up the church or to save the church or to save the denomination. I am talking about the most basic thing in the world as a person of faith. We have to, we have to learn how to listen again. We, we've lost our social skills across the time of COVID. People want to text on their phone rather than to speak and to have the opportunity to begin to meet our neighbors. <laughs> I really need to meet my neighbors. And our neighbors really need for us to meet them. And so the way in which this incredible thing happens is what Timothy and Paul are, are telling um, the people of their time and, and the people of our time. I know that the church won't plateau. I know that, uh, that we won't get to the point where we just stop with what we have and, and take care of our own. I know that, Paul and Timothy says, because we are praying for you. And as long as we are praying for you, then you will never stop. And so this morning... I want us to have an opportunity to uh, provoke one another, to have a little ire that is raised, and it begins with prayer. I may have shared this before, but it's worth repeating if I did. Prayer, um, one way to think about it is, is having four parts. Part one is we speak. Part two is God hears us. Part three is God speaks, and part four is we hear God. 
I don't know if you've uh, ever had this to happen. Uh, perhaps uh, you can imagine it, and perhaps you have a relative like this. You know, someone who's always going uh, hard at it, burning the candle at both ends, one who uh, seems to have bad luck uh, happen to him, um, uh, going and coming, and, and you're just wondering if he's going to be able to survive. Uh, but imagine it's a, it's a, a beautiful spring morning, a weekend, uh, your door is open, it's just your screen door that's allowing the breeze to, to flow in and, and suddenly you hear the car screeching into the driveway. It's that relative who comes in, he's sharing with you all the things that are going on, the things that the desperation he's been in this week, you know, the fact that he lost his wallet, all the rest, and then he heads out the door before you get a chance to say, wait, wait, I heard you. I think if you'll allow me to come alongside you, there, there are some ways in which I can help you today and in the days ahead with all the things that are going on. It's a way of saying, I've heard what you said. We often don't even get that far with God. It's, uh, you know, uh, some of us are just important people and we have things to do. And uh, like me, I've got so many things I've got to get done for God and I'm just sharing those things with God without a chance to to sit and to have God acknowledge, I hear you, my son, my daughter. And then a lot of self-confession coming here. Then part three is waiting even more for God to speak. Through the years, I've known a handful of saints who can... When I visit, they can tell me what God has spoken to them. They've heard it audibly, word by word, and they've recorded it in their journal, and they read it back to me. That's rare for me. But for me, it's God speaking through the quiet. It is a sense of um, when I allow myself, and I share the challenge that's in front of me, one of... One of of feeling God's presence, one of feeling God turning me. Can you see this? Yes. And, and can you see that? Right. And can you see this? Yes. And, and then a, a sense of God turning me to, to what I really need to see instead. More of an affirmation of a direction. And then often a, a little push <laughs> for me to trust. I don't know the answer. I don't know what's going to be revealed, but to go in that way, in that direction, and, and in the going, it's part four. It is a affirming, I've heard you, Lord, and I trust you that the answer will be as you have shown to me. And so for us this morning, uh, I'd like to offer us a time uh, as we enter into prayer. And what I'd like to um, invite you to do is to pray for your neighbors. I want you to uh, begin to uh, think about who you've just said hello to coming into the building. And I, as, as we enter into prayer, I want you to allow those faces to come to mind and, and pray for those faces. And then I want you to begin to bring to your mind's eye the other faces that you may have seen going and coming this morning and maybe across the week, your neighbors that may be just a blur but to pray for the blur that it might slow down and we might slow down and that as we meet together in the neighborhoods, we would begin to pray for one another. And 
While we are in prayer, Beth Ann's going to pray, uh, play for us. But in the midst of it, I'm going to interrupt the silence. And then I'm going to invite you to share prayer concerns verbally that you may have for persons of faith and uh, around us and in our community. Uh, for those of you listening by home, uh, by radio at home or live streaming, you can send texts to me of those you would like uh, for us to pray for. So, or to send them to, to Aaron who can watch on the computer screen. So while we are here in the now, God has something important for us to hear as we enter into prayer. Let us pray. We are so grateful you took the time to listen to our podcast ministry, and we hope you found the sermon meaningful, inspiring, and thought-provoking. To explore our ministry offerings or to give to support this podcast ministry, please visit www.broadstreetumc.org to get plugged in. This podcast was produced by Rob Lee, a member of Broad Street United Methodist Church, and copyright all rights reserved. Peace be with you, and God bless.